Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Fuck About It. I'm Summer and I'm joined by my partner and co-host Cam. How you doing, Cam? Hi everyone, I'm great. We're back. It only took us two-ish weeks. What's up? <laughs> there have been definitely some bigger gaps between our episodes lately, but honestly we've just been really busy. Um, before we hop into like the life updates and everything, I do want to just plug our socials for a second here. My Instagram is seashell slut, except there's a V for the U, so like S-L-V-T. My TikTok is seashell sum, like S-U-M. And then my Twitter is summerstone with three E's at the end. All other links you can find at summerstone.fun, including my OnlyFans, Fansly, all of that. So let's get into it. What's new with you, Cam? I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty lately, honestly. That's about all that's new. We got a new season. I've just been playing some video games and kind of having some chill times. I feel like I'm, I wasn't in burnout, but I feel like after a collab, we just have so much shit to like edit that I do it all so fast. And then afterwards, my brain needs like a couple days of just recovery <laughs> time where I just get to like kind of turn off, you know? Yeah. I feel like I just smoke weed and play games for like a couple weeks. And that's like nice. Because when we go on work trips, we're like literally working from morning to night. And I mean, like we're not even like the hours we're sleeping are usually shorter. Yeah. And I feel like when we're taking quote unquote breaks, it's like just to fuel up. And then it's like, okay, let's maybe watch TikToks for an hour and then get right back into shooting or like, let's just, you know, chill, read a book or go on our laptop for a bit. Yeah, I feel like kind of run ourselves a little ragged sometimes when we're like heavy in those collab schedules. I know my break from screens lately has been more screens too. (laughs) (laughs) I told myself I wasn't going to like get into this on this episode, but I will say we had like literally a nightmare collab recently and I feel like we've just been recovering from that because yeah, eventually I'm sure I'll talk about it, but that was just like I feel like I've literally spent the last month just doing like damage control on that. Yeah, for real. Um, but we have been walking an hour a day, which is really nice. Yeah, we go on these hot girl walks where sometimes it's just around our neighborhood. Sometimes we'll drive to like a park or, you know, some nature spot and do a hot girl walk there. We have not reached the point of walking through a mall like the moms and the grandmas. So I think we're <laughs> still good there, but we'll see with the summer. Maybe we're going to need some air conditioning. We could do a hot girl walk around like the Glendale Galleria or something. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. I'm like hard launching the hot girl walks, but <laughs> it's still gloomy. That was my other little life update, which I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about is just like how gloomy it's been. Which, personally, I actually really like gloomy weather, especially when it actually rains, which it honestly hasn't much. But I don't mind the June gloom, but I will say, like, this is the time, I think, when I'm most, like, itching to be able to just, like, go swimming for hours at the beach. But it is nice that when it's gloomy like this, the beaches are empty. So that's really nice. Yeah, I personally do have an issue with June gloom. It's been, like, January to June gloom, it feels like. (laughs) And I'm over it. I'm ready for the sun. Um, but the trade-off is our uh, AC bill's been cheap. So <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> there have been definitely days, though, where it's like 
sorry not to talk about the literal weather, but there's been days where it's like so muggy and it's not usually like that here. So I do feel like that's annoying, but yeah. Uh, Thank God we're not Florida, but it's been feeling like fucking Florida. Yeah. Anyways, this is a weather podcast now. If you go outside right now, it's a cool 70 degrees with uh, a chance of thunderstorms. Wow. (laughs) I've had that notification on my phone for like literally two weeks saying we're going to get some thunderstorms. But guess what? No thunderstorms. I know. it's There's literally constantly just like one day that it says it's going to rain or be thunderstorms in LA for literally the last like Probably over a month now. Yeah. yeah. Which I would be so excited if there was actually thunderstorms. I feel like that's ultimate cozy weather. Yeah. The problem is not that we're getting the thunderstorm notifications. It's that we're not getting the thunderstorms. Like I want it every now and then, but why am I, why why are you telling me it's going to happen? You're like edging. I've been, I've been getting edged for like a month about thunderstorms and nothing. Yeah. I would rather it be like either really nice out or like fully stormy i feel like facts it feels it does feel like edging so what are we smoking this morning uh today i don't know if it's like mac one or mock one it's got some aliens on it um it's a sativa 29 percent uh thc in there and yeah it's supposed to be an ounce when we got it but i think they shorted us a bit um which sad face, but I get it. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's whatever. I feel like I was like, you know, it's the usual productive with it. Mm, no, you know, whatever. It's weed. Yeah, I liked it. I don't think I would get it again. I mean, I, I wouldn't like specifically knock at it again, but I do feel like it made me kind of sleepy. But we did have the option to get it again when we picked up last time because we did have a little bit left over and then we needed to re-up and we chose not to. Yeah. So I think that is the answer that we probably would not get this weed again. I don't know if it's like a hard not recommend. Like to me, weed's weed. If you come up with me and you come up to me, you're like smoke this dry and not going to be like, mm, actually, what strain is this? Because I had Mach 1 and I'm not going to smoke that shit. Like it's weed. I'm going <laughs> to smoke it. You know, like uh, it's not like end of the world. But I think if the the candy shop of weed has all those choices in front of me, I'm going to not pick it. Yeah, I feel like I kind of just look for something that is a little more energizing. Like, I know, obviously, weed is going to make me sleepy a lot of the time, but I feel like this was one of the ones that made me more sleepy than usual. Because <laughs> I'm just like a baby. I will give in to the urge to nap at any time. So what's the coffee of choice today? So well, we went to go get him Tiger this morning, and Cam got an iced oat latte. How is that, Cam? It was delicious because I had a little Ted Lasso shortbread cookie. I don't know if you know, but like Ted Lasso season three when it was coming out, I think we're in season four now or whatever, but when season, wait, that doesn't sound right. Whatever. Not the most recent season, but the season before they go get him tiger did like a really big collaboration with Ted Lasso where they were like making the Ted Lasso shortbread cookies that he brings to his boss, Rebecca, every morning. And they put them in all the locations. And I have to assume it did so well because now they still have that fucking cookie <laughs> in every single store. And let me tell you, brown buttered shortbread cookie. You've got to get it if you're at Go Get Em Tiger. It goes with every single coffee beverage, I would assume, on their menu. Because it's like <laughs> the sweet, the salty. You got a little bit of that butter flavor. It's just so good. It was so good. Yeah, that was fantastic. I got a, a hot Americano and I put some oat milk in it. It was good. It was bomb. 
I feel like I needed something hot this morning, you know? Um, I also want to say that reminds me since we were at Go Get Em, there's a Go Get Em tiger in the row. And we went the other day to Smorgasburg. Smorgasburg. Smorgasburg, yeah. Smorg. I always just want to say smorg because I don't know if I'm saying it right. But we went and did that last weekend. And every time we go, I'm like, why do we not go every single week? It's so good. Yeah, I think like pre-COVID times, like the row was way more popping. I don't know if it just like hasn't recovered all the way, but I'm not really complaining because... I don't like waiting in lines and I like getting my stuff fast and yeah. So go there early, uh, right when they open, you're going to see a lot of people crowd around, but it disperses really fast and get your stuff and you're good. You're chilling. Yeah. Honestly, I think if there's one thing about LA, it's like everyone moves on very fast. So Mm -hmm. like, I feel like for a second the row was crazy, but now it's literally always so chill when I'm there, but we did go at the beginning of Smorg too. So maybe that's why, but. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, the only thing there was, like, the American Apparel store. And mm-hmm. then it came out that that dude was a fucking creepo. And for some reason, he still has that. I think he bought, he must have bought the building because they're back now with, like, a brand called Los Angeles Apparel. And it's, like, the same thing, you know. But I remember him filing for bankruptcy. But he, I guess he got to keep that building that he owns. And I don't know if they're, like, not stoked on that or what, but it's still there. Um but they kind of just took all those old warehouses that were all around there because I think it was like old um, like meat and fruit packing warehouses because they still have like um, some storefronts that are open, you know, during the week that sell like wholesale vegetables and stuff. So they completely redid that thing. And I think like everyone was super stoked about the row when it first like kind of got reintroduced to the yeah. LA like food scene and like shopping scene something new and cool and now it's like okay we're on to the next thing like i feel like it's kind of a touristy place but it's still cool like you can't be free parking and it has so much parking so I, I definitely recommend yeah i also feel like maybe there could be drama we don't know about so if anyone has tea on the row on why everyone stopped going there other than just like we all moved on let me know because sometimes i'm there and i'm like why isn't it popping anymore it could also have to be with like the COVID thing where like they were there were more people probably working in offices that were there and now it's just like oh i bet that's it i mean it is also kind of like there's not a ton of stuff right there yeah i don't know i don't know also about smorg what did we get we got a burrito breakfast burrito i don't remember the place something with an m yeah go see who i'm following with an m on instagram but it was like it was a sausage bomb. breakfast burrito. Yeah, it was like Filipino sausage breakfast burrito. Got some tater tots in there, some little like Chipotle situation. Yes. It was bomb. Yes, and a masubi. A mama masubi. Yeah. Mm, that was bomb. Bomb. Okay. This is sexual education. Sex ed? Sex ed? Is it time for some sexual education? Yeah. I'm going to go. give my little spiel. So we all know in America, sex sex education sucks. We're being failed. So we're just here to bring you one little fun fact and one little current event once a week. And sometimes it's really interesting and sometimes it's super random. Not only are we being failed, we're being purposely led astray by by the masses in charge. So true. Keep Very that in true. mind. Anyways, I got some I got some pride related. I, I mean, we didn't even say it, but happy pride. I mean Oh my god, yeah. This is our first episode since June started, huh? Yeah, it's Pride Month, baby. Woo woo. Happy Pride Month from your 
local gay ass porn star. <laughs> All right. Well, mine's kind of like porn related and also pride related. I mean, it's definitely the 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 dawning of some pride situation here. But basically, for years and years and years, porn, you know, we talked about before porn came out right when they started getting those cameras, right? But for a long, long time, there's a lot of laws in place that prevented like anything quote unquote gay being shown on in media. But in the 1970s, the first gay porno film was made and it was titled Boys in the Sand. And the impact on LGBTQ rights that this film had is like you can't it's it's like understated about the impact because Mm -hmm. it was so eye opening to people. And it really like pushed forward the boundaries of saying like, this isn't a freak show that we're showing you. This is like porn. This is like sex. This is here to stay. This is like something that everyone who is experiencing it could relate to. And they're not going to just like go away. You know what I mean? And it was designed. It was some of the first media that was like mass produced that was designed specifically for people who identified as like LGBTQ. Which is like pretty crazy that it didn't. It took till the seventies to kind of get that out there, at least in our modern society. When like you look back, it's it's like since the Romans, people were having gay sex, and then it's like gets vilified. So it's just like I just thought it was a cool thing because we we do the porn thing, and so I thought it was fun to like kind of find a place where you could pinpoint where like there was you know something different in porn, and then in the seventies it just like blew up like. Porn in general had like the big bang because I think the cameras just got, you know, less expensive. Tape got less expensive. We moved from film to shooting on like cassette tapes or something. Like I'm not sure how it works exactly, but it just became easier for people to make porn and make homemade porn. So yeah, there's my fun fact. That is a very fun fact. I love it. And a really good one for Pride Month. And it's making me feel like I should have done like a Pride current event, but I, yeah, I didn't. I failed. Sorry, guys. I'm still gay. For my current event, I found out that the FDA just approved the first ever erectile dysfunction gel. So that's interesting. And it's in a single dose tube. And it sounds like it honestly works like icy hot kind of where it gets like cold and then it gets hot and then it makes you hard, (laughs) which I guess that part isn't part of icy hot usually, but it's like a very like sounds honestly sounds kind of comfortable. And I guess it takes like 10 minutes. And then they were saying in the article that it's quote unquote boasting a 65% success rate, which seems pretty low to me, but I, I guess that's high. But I, that's exciting. It's like new technology for something that like so many people deal with. I don't think I'm going to put Icy Hot on my balls and my dick at a 65% rate that it's going to make me hard. I'm sorry. That's cool for the people that need it, but that does not sound enjoyable at all. It's like some bar- itching and burning <laughs> down there and then it's like it might not even pay off. I don't know. Okay, described it as cooling than warming. And I really ran with that and said the icy hot thing. Okay, okay, I want to yeah. hope that that's not actually what it feels like. But I mean, does that sound like icy hot to you? Cooling than warming? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, kind of a, like lot. a little. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. Do we know if there's like a, is it like a, a lube combo or am I going to have to reapply onto my like previously gelled up dick? So, 
<laughs> I'm not sure. How does that interact well, with the vagina? It says, and other it, says it takes 10 minutes to work. So I think by the time that it works, it's like dried up. Someone would, hard. yeah, oh, need God. to re up oh, anyways. God. Interesting. But I mean, it's the first one that got approved by the FDA. So I'm sure I feel like that usually means there's better things following the same technology coming. So today's episode, like the meat and potatoes of it, it's something that people have been asking me for a ton ever since we did our little like OnlyFans 101 episodes, and that is to talk about Twitter more. And if you follow me on my socials, you probably know that Twitter is where I have the largest following. I have been on Twitter for like three and a half years, I think, and like since COVID times at least, like the right when COVID started. How many fans you got, girl? You tell us. <laughs> I think right now, if I checked, I think I have like 450K on there. So, Damn, okay. Yeah, I've definitely learned the ropes with Twitter. It's something I spend a lot of time on. So yeah, I thought I would just give a little overview of it. I feel like these episodes, it's like, Obviously, all I can do is give you like a little bit of information. So just a reminder that if you do have questions and you're wanting to do like coaching or whatever, you can use my referral link and email me at hello at summerstone.co. But if you're going to do that, try to listen to my OnlyFans 101 episodes first, just because I do feel like I don't want it to be like pyramid schemey. I don't want to be acting like you know, it's the easiest job ever, or there's not like a ton of downsides to it too. Like I want you to have all the info first. So, you know, if you've listened to those episodes and you listen to this episode and then you still have questions, definitely email me there. So first things first would be actually like making the account. And I think a couple things to know are Twitter actually does allow like full on pornography and nudity. So you don't need to worry about, I mean, you make your own decisions about if you want to censor your stuff or you know, like how much you're willing to put out there. Personally, I've found that Uncensored does best for me on there, but I do like to watermark my stuff just because it is pretty easy for people to like save and repost your content and they will. <laughs> so yeah, for me, I wish I had started out watermarking. Um, but if you are planning on posting any kind of explicit content, even if it's just like boobs or, you know, like minimal nudity, I would definitely recommend checking the uncensored media setting. I'm not sure exactly where it is in settings, but I'm sure you could just look it up. Um, and also, even if you're posting totally uncensored, don't post anything in like lingerie or anything in your profile picture because I've literally seen them delete accounts in like 10 to 15 minutes of creation just for having like a bra or even like sometimes a bikini that they mistake as a bra in the profile picture. So be careful of that when you're setting up your account. Also, that counts for the header. Like, I see a lot of times girls would like post like a full body, like laying on the beach as their yeah. header. And then that account's gone in like an hour. Yeah. And even like, I don't know if this is actually the rule or not. You'd have to look it up. But even having a banner with like your OnlyFans username, I probably wouldn't recommend that. I would probably, mine's always just been like, the ocean or the sky, like I would just keep it super safe like that, just with the header and the profile picture. And that does mean that if you're not showing face, you probably will have to get kind of creative. I never had the easiest time with that. I've used like some like generators, like little cartoon version of yourself generators and stuff over time. But yeah, maybe just find a selfie that you're willing to cut off at the eyes or whatever. But it is a little more difficult for my faceless creators out there. 
Um, but yeah, that's something to be really mindful of when you're actually creating the account. And then also just like with your first post, um, I wouldn't recommend hashtags. I wouldn't even recommend using links right away because I think it tends to flag you and just look kind of spammy. I would give it a little bit of time for your account to grow. And then just hashtags in general aren't really, in my experience, much of a thing on Twitter. Like you are have just the same chance with using like the keywords that you would have put in a hashtag of being found through like the search engine. Not to mention if you're posting any kind of adult content, you're going to be search suggestion banned right away. I love the keyword thing because it just reminds me of the people that post like unrelated to what the keyword is. It'll be like, I'm your Pokemon stepsis. And it's just like (laughs) not related to Pokemon or anything, but they just use it for the keywords because Pokemon's like trending or it'll be like, would you fuck me if I was blah, blah, blah? And it's like some famous person. Like, I don't know. I just like people try to game the little algorithm so much. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, hashtags, I think, are literally irrelevant on Twitter. If anything, it just kind of makes you look spammy. I think people are less likely to follow you. That's just my personal opinion. Just because I do feel like it looks like you're just... A bot. Yeah, you're botting or you're just like trying. Obviously, you are trying to sell something, but I don't know. It looks a little bit... Yeah, hashtags are a little chuggy, um, (laughs) so don't do them. You look like a grandma. Yeah, and then also um, something to be really mindful of when you're first getting started is Twitter is a really great place to find community and to do networking. For me, it's the only place I've really made any friends like... All of my best friends that I've made these last few years have been from Twitter. Um, So I would be really cautious with the way that you interact with other people. Like a big thing is poaching. So you don't want to be like commenting on other people's posts in a way that's like directing people back to your page. So you can comment and say like, oh my gosh, you look gorgeous or whatever if you want. But don't be like, this reminds me of something on my page or like dropping your own news or like your own link underneath. You will get blocked so fast. And unfortunately, I'll get into this a little bit, but getting blocked on Twitter by other sex workers is a really big deal that will affect you in the future if you're planning to do any kind of marketing on Twitter. And if you think, oh, this big account, they won't see me doing this. I promise you when I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm, you know, taking a shit. I got some time on my hand. I put on my little safari cap. I'm going poaching hunting. And I'm looking through some's comments and I'm seeing who's going through there. When I got that free time, boom, block, boom, block. Don't even think about it. I got it. I'm looking at you. Yeah, I'll literally have him go through on my phone and like block people for me in the comments. So it is a really big deal. Another thing that is considered poaching would be like if you're mass commenting on people's posts, like this morning I blocked a few people because they were just commenting like a heart on every single one of my posts. And then it's like you go through that person's replies and they're just putting a heart on every single person's post. And this is just really like exploiting other people's work and trying to benefit off of their hard work instead of putting in just as much work to just like promote your content on your own. I noticed a new one that's happening a lot is they'll like, they'll quote tweet someone who commented like a fan, a potential fan will comment on your page like, Oh, you're so sexy. And then they'll quote tweet it and then tweet it to their page for the fans comment and be like, like find more of me here or something like stuff like that. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I would definitely block for that. And then the last like big one I wrote down is if you're going through and liking everyone's comments. So like 
if if I said like smash or pass, that was a, a caption I used yesterday. And then I noticed like, okay, every smash comment has like seven to 10 likes on it. Like who are these people? And usually it is bots. It's not usually actually other sex workers, but you will get blocked for that. Yeah. And if you're a brand new, like quote unquote baby sex worker, and you're just seeing like the engagement happen on, you know, the comments, you might not know better. You might not know that those are bots that are doing it. So you'll just think like, oh, it's just a normal part of the community. Like I can do it too. And then you'll like go in to go see that account the next day and you'll be blocked. So it's just like, I would see like, why is that? Why is that random comment that just says, so smexy spelled wrong or something getting 10 likes. And then you look at it and it's like all fake accounts liking it. So just be wary of that. Um, The biggest way that some sex workers allegedly promote on Twitter, I'm not going to say whether or not I have participated in this because it would be directly against the Twitter terms of service on platform manipulation. But one way that a lot of people promote is retweet groups. And there's a bunch of different kinds of retweet groups. And honestly, the best way to find them when you're a brand new sex worker would be to DM other big sex work accounts and just say, hey, I'm just getting started. I'd love to be added to some no minimum groups if you have them. Again, I'm not saying I've done this. I'm not saying that anyone out there is doing this, but it is an option. That being said, Sometimes you will directly see other sex workers marketing their groups right on their page. So if you're looking for them, I think you could find them. They're out there for sure. Yeah, even if you look up like retweet groups, RT groups, stuff like that, you usually could find like someone promoting a group and you could DM those people. When you're new, you probably will have some trouble getting added just because no minimum ones are Um, a little bit more difficult to find, but once you're in, you're in. And this is a reason why you don't want to be blocked for doing a bunch of poaching and stuff because in that situation, you're going to miss out on these groups because if you're blocked by one person in the group, then they won't be able to add you. Yeah. And also maybe don't try to be in groups if you're not the best at like getting along with other people, to be honest, if you have a hard time, like kind of dealing with confrontation because a lot of the times, like people will have very specific requests for like, hit this, don't hit that, do this, don't hit that. And like, if you do the wrong thing, sometimes they'll come for you. You know, they'll be yeah. like, hey, I told you not to hit this. And you're like, uh, uh, like if you have to deal with that anxiety of just like having to do the confrontation, um, either be paying attention when you're doing those groups, make sure you're hitting the right stuff or just like be the person that could handle it. Another option, if you're just trying to network, would be to um, look for communities. So you can just look up like sex work community or just try to figure out some keywords. That's another good way to network if you're not trying to be in groups. Um, I will say like when you're originally starting out and you are in those no minimum groups, it takes a really long time to gain just because over time, you would get added to like, okay, now I'm in a 5K group. Now I'm in a 10K group, 20K, 50K, 80K, you know, where everyone is starting at a higher following. So it's definitely a snowball effect, but it does take, I mean, obviously a long time and a lot of dedication to grow that way. And I mean, I think it's that way with any social that you're starting from scratch, but I would definitely say, um, you know, you have to actually 
think about if you want to commit to it or whatever, but it's something to try out, you know? And once you're in those groups and communities and stuff, you would want to make sure that you have enough posts up that there's actually stuff for people to like retweet. But yeah, it's a great way to like gain some community and usually great groups to like ask for advice in and stuff. And yeah, Twitter's not for everyone. I would say it's on the more tedious side, but for me, it's been very worth it and I would recommend trying it out. I mean, you literally have like lifelong friends from these groups. Uh, I think you, I hope it's okay to say this, but I think on the pot, like you were talking to me the other day and you're like, literally like my bestie Danny decided to have a baby and was talking to us about it. And like in the time I've been like communicating with her, she's had the baby and is raising the baby, which is like, honestly, so crazy to us. Like there's people that I feel like we would like be invited to their wedding because you've been so close. to. I them. know. Yeah. Literally like got married, decide, like bought a house, decided she wanted to have a baby, had a whole ass human being. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely, I'm so grateful for my Twitter people. I feel like that's where I've met the most wonderful people. Like all of my favorite humans that are also sex workers do or I came from Twitter. So I really appreciate Twitter for that and for the community. I know a lot of people say the same thing about Telegram. I'm not really on there much, but yeah, I'm I'm so happy that I decided to allegedly get into groups and stuff there. Um, yeah, I don't really honestly have much more else to say about it. If you have questions, you can definitely, again, shoot me an email. But I would definitely recommend Twitter for anyone who's starting without any kind of following yet, because I do feel like it's one of the ones that is the most, you're the most like guaranteed, in my opinion, to grow if you're willing to commit to working on it. All right. So you you mentioned to work on it, but like, I feel like we didn't really discuss like what exactly it goes down in, in a group. Like, how do you like, I feel like it's like nice to kind of explain like the format of it, the kind of the different ways that it, it works because it's a lot. I feel like it's a big barrier of entry, like to understand it kind of. Yeah. I was honestly intentionally trying not to really like get into the nitty gritty of it because again, it is against the TOS technically. So Twitter, you know, is known for deleting people's accounts. I think it's much less likely to delete your account than like a TikTok or Instagram type platform where they're you know, trying not to have sex workers on there at all. But um, the nitty gritty of how the groups work is basically, it's changed a lot actually over the years that I've been on it. But at this time, it's June, 2023. Most groups, it's like a one, three catch up. So you'll drop basically a GIF in the chat and then you'll say like what you want hit or basically retweeted by the next three people who drop after you. And then you want to make sure that you retweet something for the three people above you. And there's a lot of little things that, you know, you'll learn over time that like you need to make sure what you're hitting is sex work related. There's some random things that some people don't want hit, like if they have auto posts going up from many vids or something like that. So yeah, you'll, you'll definitely learn that over time, but just try to stick to, you know, what they're requesting if you are able to, and then, There's also, that's like the main setup for groups, which you can always ask the admins of the groups if you're not totally sure and they'll walk you through it for the most part. Like people tend to be really gracious about that. And then there's also a different kind of group called a rounds group. And in rounds groups, it's basically like they'll open up the chat for like 15 minutes at a time after checking to see how many people are online at the time. And then it'll be like 10 to 15 minutes that everyone's dropping a GIF and then 
at the end, they'll close it and then everyone hits everyone who dropped, if that makes sense. And again, it's confusing, but like if you're getting into these communities and these no minimum groups and making friends, you can always ask people questions. So that's pretty much all I had written down. Like, I feel like it's difficult to get any more into the details of things um, until you're like actually kind of in that setting. I will say I was just kind of like a final thought that when you're in those beginning groups where everyone's kind of figuring out how things work at the same time, like people step on each other's toes a lot and there's a lot of like fighting and drama that goes down. And I would just try to avoid engaging with that as much as possible, you know, try to stay in your lane. Like you can make friends over time, but I would just, you know, be cautious of that. Yeah. There's a lot of very, very, very strong personalities. A lot of people, the world revolves around them, you know? So you kind of got to play by the social rules of just like, I think the best way is just kind of coast on by like get involved in the drama that is like community like safety, you know, Mm -hmm. if people are, you know, abusing other people, there's people are, you know, not treating collabs correctly, stuff like that. Get involved in that type of drama. But the little nitty gritty things that people want to like pick people over, the best thing to do is just try to smooth it over and move on and just like not get involved because it's just like, do you want to spend your time dealing with like other people's shit or do you want to spend time like growing your own fucking business? Like, come on. Yeah. And I think that's something that really goes away as you get into those higher following count groups, because as people start like making money and taking it more seriously, it obviously is more of a job to them. So in the beginning, you will find that there's a crazy amount of like drama and blocking happening. If you're able to avoid blocking someone, please try to. That's my best advice for you to avoid it. Um, People can, if you don't want to hit someone, if you're not comfortable engaging with them, you can always DM them and ask to mutually skip each other. I would just let an admin of the group know, you know, so that it doesn't look like you're skipping. But yeah, again, I feel like these are just things that kind of come with experience because people, I don't know, it's it's always changing. I'm sure it's not the same in no minimum groups as a lot of the groups that I'm in now too. So I don't even know that I could fully give you advice on that. But yeah, I mean, just have an open mind about it. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say, honestly. Uh, I could say that if you're racist, homophobic or sexist or anything, say the fuck off Twitter and you don't belong in those groups anyways so that's just a warning like i don't think anyone's listening to that but like there's like zero tolerance for that shit on twitter especially in the groups like there's so many people coming from just different places like you know sexually and just like literally physically like location wise that like there's a lot of barriers of learning how people communicate and i think it's like twitter's a really good place if you're able to you know manage that kind of but like don't fucking fuck around and be a piece of shit in the community because they're gonna get yeah. called out you're gonna get fucking blocked and you know you shouldn't you right live rightfully should not be in those communities yeah if you've literally ever said anything offensive on your twitter account someone will find it so you know don't be an asshole i will say i really appreciate that about twitter now like in the beginning i was really intimidated by it because i didn't it's like you know you're new you're learning the rules of the road but Now I can see that like it is pretty much just don't be a piece of shit. And I do really appreciate it right now because I know I mentioned that we had like collab from hell trip and I'm dealing with all of this just like aftermath of that right now. And like it is really wonderful over the years to have gained like obviously so much community on Twitter to know that like 
it is a safe space for me and that I can be open about what happened and have like backup from my community. So it's definitely, you know, a wonderful thing, but yeah, don't be a piece of shit because Twitter will (laughs) block you out of all your groups. That's not to say either. I feel like I have to give one last little disclaimer that every single block on Twitter is because you're a piece of shit. Like there's definitely, especially when you're first starting out, there's times when people will block for like petty stuff. So it does suck that there's like that one bad egg that'll like block you out of all your groups or something. So I don't want to make it seem like every person who's getting blocked on Twitter sucks. But I do think if you're getting like mass blocked by the community, then usually that's a sign that you said something really offensive. You will definitely also see people saying a lot of things on like Pornhub or Reddit that you might not realize are offensive until you start seeing people get blocked for it on Twitter. So I would pay attention to what you're seeing people get blocked for because there are a lot of like porn categories and stuff that you might not realize are racially insensitive um, or, you know, creepy or offensive in some other way. So that's something I would definitely just kind of pay attention to. I would avoid like a Hago or Pog and stuff like that. So definitely keep your eyes open. I feel like I added a lot of things at the end, but I think I'm finally done. I think that's what I have to say about Twitter. Um, I feel like we'll end up making like a part two or something with the questions we get. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I guess we have some fun things coming up. I have some collabs coming up. I have a collab with someone I already collabed with before that I'm really excited about. She's so wonderful. I can't wait. And I have a collab with a new friend where we're going to go hiking together. So that's going to be really fun. I just went and like got tested for those upcoming collabs yesterday and then another new friend. So it's really exciting. Lots of fun stuff. I had actually such a long day yesterday because I had like just appointments and errands all day. And then I had to go get tested for those upcoming collabs. But honestly, I'm just excited. I feel like I have so much fun stuff coming. And since I had that like collab from hell that I will eventually get into, I'm really excited to be collabing with like people I'm really excited to see and also like, you know, some old friends and stuff like that. So I'm yeah, just I don't know how many times I could say excited, but lots of fun stuff coming. It's just refreshing to work with like um, people that are professional and respect you. And I just think it's just always like we create the best content with those type of people. So I'm pretty stoked too. Yeah, I think it'll be amazing. And I've just had like a ton of anxiety since then. So I feel like it'll be really good. Like, you know, get us back in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause all of my other experiences before that with collabs have been so good. Like generally everyone in my community is just like, I don't know, at least like my friends, like, I feel like I've been really lucky with the people that I've met. So I'm excited to do that and to be able to share more about that. I don't know. Do we have any other updates or the things coming up? I feel like that's a wrap. We kind of dove into the the dipped our toe, I guess. Not that <laughs> dove in, but we kind of started wading in the waters of the Twitter sphere. So I feel like, I mean, this is just, we, we talk about it all the time, like the it's only one episode of like something we'll just keep talking about. I mean, forever. I feel like it's just an evolving thing. So it's hard to know how to approach something that you've been doing for so many years. That's like, it really has changed so much since I started because there've been a couple of times where Twitter's like done massive purges and gotten rid of a bunch of accounts. And then like 
we've basically had to reconfigure how we do everything because of that, because of whatever they were flagging people for. So now you know. Now you know that Twitter secretly run by the sex work mafia. And uh, <laughs> that's how you're seeing all these sexy people on your timeline. All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. It really helps us out if you leave a, rate, a rating and review. And yeah, sorry this episode was a little chaotic, but we're just happy to be back at it. All right, guys. Bye. Happy uh, happy Pride. Have happy fun. Pride. Get tested regularly. Have some fun sex this, uh, this month. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my send off. We love you. Have some you. sexy gay sex. Have love some you. sexy Bye. gay sex. Bye. Let's fuck about it. Let's just fuck about it. We should fuck about it.